This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 6th, episode 1828, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? By the way, congratulate me this Christmas. I'm going for it. No antidepressants. Somebody ought to teach that little humbug some Christmas spirit. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Well, happy Merry Christmas, everybody. I I came across this article yesterday that had a bunch of letters that were written by kids to Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And there's two I wanted to share with you. The first one says, Dear Santa, I think you are a fat man, and I'm not leaving you any cookies, because Mrs. Claus said you're on a diet. You need to stay away from the junk food and don't eat too much on your trip around the world. That's why I'm leaving you vegetables this year with ultra-skim milk. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to think this was from you. I hope you lose some weight because with all those toys and you and I start to feel sorry for Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and Rudolph. I sure hope you bought everything I asked for. Well, since I didn't see you this year in person, I hope to see you next year. Love, Jennifer. Jennifer, <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> Don't let people call you a bitch. Tell them you are assertive. <laughs> Jennifer has has uh, heard that in the house about the weight issues, don't you think? That's not coming naturally, I don't think. <laughs> uh, vegetables and skim milk. Yep, she's getting coal. All right, so this is the other one, and I do think this was written by Jamie, uh, acting like a child. Dear Santa, there's only one thing I want for Christmas. That one thing is to bring Leonardo DiCaprio to my house because (laughs) I think he's cute and I would like to meet him. And meet is spelled M-E-A-T. If you can do that, I would be so grateful. Thanks, Santa. That was written by you, wasn't it? Where did you find my freaking letter to Santa? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, God, I can't Where are you? Did I mail it to you by accident? <laughs> I don't know. I, need, I forgot to put my laugh track in because I can't laugh still. Oh, uh, yeah. It's your was, laugh track. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought about you and both of those, actually. I thought maybe they Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Great. When you think about fat people, think of me. And when you think about... <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, (laughs) definitely think of me. There we go. Oh, I have one more, real quick. My family believes in you. I know I have been bad this year, but I am a kid, and that's what we do. We try and be nice, but it it was the kind of... We try to be nice, but it is a waste of time because we have so much energy. I'm sorry your elves have to make 15 things for me. Can you give me toys or give me coal? I really don't care. From Andrew. (laughs) 
<laughs> Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I could just picture both of your kids saying, well, you know, it's what we do. <laughs> we're kids and care. that's what we do. I don't care. Yeah, you know, I don't care. Yeah, we're I don't really care what you give me. No. <laughs> it's it's like kids, when you give them a cut, you're like, mm, you do that, you're going to get in trouble. And they're like, what kind of trouble? Like they're weighing the co- like, is yep. it worth it to have those consequences? Like what's going to happen? Yeah, but don't we do that okay. as adults too when you really think about it? Yeah, I guess they're just in training. <laughs> Nothing ever changes. <laughs> Adults in training. <laughs> Jemmy is here today on Wednesdays as usual, and she has a child, so I'm sure she's relating to this whole conversation. What's uh, coming up on today's oh, dear show? God, yes. <laughs> well, we need to tell that kid. I don't think Santa's in the kidnapping business. Sorry, no Leonardo DiCaprio for you. <laughs> but on you today's don't know show, that. Yeah, don't squash J- J- Jamie's <laughs> dream here. You don't know that Santa makes wishes come true, Jemmy. You watch your mouth. <laughs> All right, on today's show, we share some great holiday gift ideas from fellow listeners. Sherry Grunska from Pro Barn Management discusses resolving conflict between barn borders. Dr. Michelle Frazier gives us a scoop on horse poo. And we talk to our new Spotlight Mongol Derby rider, Devin Horn. At the end, Jamie treats us to Chapter 13 of the Opium Equation. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today... Today is National Microwave Oven Day. I happen to celebrate this day every day. But if you're not like me, take the day off from cooking and celebrate one of life's great inventions. She doesn't know. You don't know what you just said. And Jamie, don't even start it. We don't have time. Okay. So (laughs) Listen, listen, it's unnatural that food gets hot and the inside of the oven stays cold. There is something wrong with it. And you are injecting cancer into your food. Jamie, you don't know. Jamie doesn't even have a microwave. (laughs) I love it. She's just uh, weird. I love it. So anyway. Anyway, um, before, before we go down that rabbit hole, we have a lot to do today. So, Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. Well, happy birthday to Auditor Scott Kreidler. Of course, Scott, you know from his readings on Really Bad Ads almost every week. Well known for that. Happy birthday to you. It was her, his birthday yesterday. Tomorrow is Charlotte's birthday. Of course, she's the one I have lunch with every Friday. And she is Jemmy's roommate on the cruise. So, Charlotte, happy birthday to you as well. Her dad took her fishing yesterday, so she was so excited. Because uh, her dad's like a professional fisherman or something. So, oh, cool. <laughs> so Charlotte got to go fishing on her birthday. Happy birthday to both of you. Well, I wanted to do a couple, and I'll just do it into one. Um, baby Zara is officially home. The people that let me keep her and Pink over at their house, they sold their farm. My extra pasture has been sold, Glenn. So I had to bring baby Zara home. How rude of them not to consider your feelings. And I mean, they didn't even freaking ask me hello, (laughs) but I'm actually pretty happy because I've been going to two farms now for two years every day to feed and it's kind of nice to have her home. It's nice. And then uh, thanks to everybody who offered up advice for Thor. If you remember on Monday, I was talking about how Thor just started shaking his head, head shaking, like bizarre up and down and Every single person that heard that sent me a message and how many people, I don't know, have actually had something like this happen and everybody gave me some great advice. Well, you guys, guess what? He stopped. Really? He just stopped. He just stopped head shaking. It was all day Sunday. I mean, the guy had a twitch like it was crazy. After the show Monday, I went out. 
gone, gone. And then of course I had to have the vet out yesterday and she's like, mm, maybe something just got down in his ear, <laughs> but how bizarre that like bizarre things happen here. And, and it's a Mustang. He's probably got head shaking, but he decided not to have it anymore. Like that's how they work. So, uh, anyway, thank you to everybody for the advice. If, uh, it happens again, I will let you know, <laughs> we will implement all of your ideas. Very good. Well, I wanted to, before we get to our first guest here, I wanted to highlight a couple of our listeners, and I know there's more out there, and we'll, we'll, we'll ask you to let us know, but a couple of our listeners that we know about that actually do handmade stuff. They make it themselves, and, and they have it up for sale for Christmas. So we thought it'd be fun if you wanted to get a handmade gift. We have uh, a couple of ideas here for you. Matt is one of our listeners, and his daughter Heidi is going to, she grew up in Louisville, and she's now a junior drama major at Baylor, uh, and she competed for years in Mounted Games and done some hunter-jumper shows, sounds like a pony clubber, and she uh, it, she makes these cute t-shirts, and he sent us a couple, which we're going to give away in this month for really bad ads, but there's these cute t-shirts with just horses all over them in a heart shape, so it's a bunch of little horses in a heart shape, and they're for sale on Amazon for 20 bucks, and they're Amazon Prime as well. Uh, so you can get different colors, all different colors, heather, gray. Uh, you can get uh, blue, pink. pink, white. And aren't I don't know if you're looking at the design right now, but they're really cute. Uh, this would be a great gift for, for teenagers or kids. Glenn, or... I'm sorry. Horse girls of any age do not like horses and hearts on their shirt. No, I mean, that, gosh, no terrible. way. Wait, nope. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, do. I want I want one of every color. <laughs> yeah, it is so cute, and it's a really good idea. And she's doing it to help raise money for her to go to college. So uh, I just wanted to mention Matt's been a listener and and a friend. So I thank you, Matt. He has his own podcast too, I think. About something not horsey. And then Mary Kitzmiller, of course. Everybody keeps asking where to find her stuff because she makes the coolest stuff ever for gifts. It's TroublemakerTradingCompany.com. Oh, and Matt. Oh, let me go back to Matt. Uh, Amazon, it's... If you go to Amazon, search for Heidi's Horse and Heart Shirt. And we'll put these links in our show notes today as well on HorsesInTheMorning.com for today's episode. But it's Heidi's Horse and Heart Shirt if you want to look for Matt's. Mary Kitzmiller's is Troublemaker trading company so that's troublemaker.com yep and that'll bring you finally she has a freaking store up where we can buy stuff so good job mary um and i might be getting a few gifts from mary this year too for people jessica troop one of our auditors started just painting wine glasses and she said oh i just do this for fun and she posted pictures and all the auditors wanted to buy them uh, they are. I, she just did this for fun. She looks like a professional freaking painter. Uh, it, it. They are the cutest things ever. She has foxes and horses and doggies, and she'll even custom make your wine glasses. And get this: this is a custom painted wine glass for twenty five dollars. I think she's undercharging for that myself, but you can find that she has an Etsy store called Paint Splashed pony paint splashed pony and you'll find that uh on etsy and we'll put a link to it too and she is going to do uh or otters i wanted to give you a heads up she is going to do one with our little logo with the little microphone horsey guy and put auditor underneath and sell them in the auditor room so auditors will be able to buy those for 25 dollars on her site for christmas gifts <clears throat> and then can you do allison's here while i cough <laughs> 
Yeah, sure. Um, and this one's really cute. The uh, Allison Muldoon has figurines. It's Chuck and Stan okay, on by the Etsy. Way, ouch, that hurts when you cough. All right. Oh, you poor little thing. Oh, God, that hurts. All Broken right, go ribs. ahead. Sorry, Allison. Uh, um, so uh, her Etsy shop is called Chuck and Stan. Go check it out. She makes these little custom-made miniature figurines, and they are adorable. And like I told you, Chad and I had a plan for if we our house catches on fire he's like i'll get the paperwork what are you gonna get and i'm like i'm gonna get my little mini zeus so <laughs> that's how that's how we roll well it I is the she Good makes <clears throat> the cutest stuff and i know that she's probably backed up you might want to contact her through the store chuck and stand on etsy about whether she could get one done even for christmas at this point but uh, you could always give it a little late in january they are the cutest mine is on the mantle uh, we were given a little glass box to put it in so it's actually in the little glass box <clears throat> so like a little baseball uh, yeah it's actually, that's baseball. what it is that's, that's what it is idea. it looks really cute in there because we didn't want to get it knocked off um very, very cool stuff. And I know a bunch of the auditors have bought those for, for the holidays. So there's well, some ideas. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. If you are like thinking to yourself, I have my own store. How come they didn't say my store? Because we don't know about it. So email me and please, we will we will do this again on Friday or any day leading up to Christmas. Uh, if you have one, submit it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. And then we would like to highlight your store. If you have one, um, if you want to sell something, if you have a GoFundMe, you just want us to send you money, let me know. And yeah. we'll talk about it. We'd really like it to be stuff <laughs> that you make, you know, that's handmade. That's what we'd really like it to be, <clears throat> as opposed to you buy it from China and resell it. Just <laughs> because Whatever. we do have a bunch if of you, talented listeners. We really do. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you go through all the effort to buy stuff from China and resell it, I want to know about it. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Well, so, the next topic, first guest coming up here. Oh, email Jamie, by the way, jamie at horseradionetwork.com if you do sell stuff and want to have it highlighted on the show. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Our okay. first guest is Sherry, and she is of probarnmanagement.com. And Jamie has uh, boarded horses for a while. We used to have a large boarding operation with about 30 horses. And one of the things that we've always said uh, when you're in the horse business is if it was just the horses, it would be the perfect business that to run in the whole world. The problem is the horses come with people and owners. And that <laughs> makes it that makes it a, a difficult business to be in. And Sherry, you're here to talk to us about that, right? Yes, I am. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. Now, you Good know, morning. we all know the horses are easy. Uh, you know, when you, we ran a boarding barn, and at one point we had about 30 horses, and the horses were the easiest part. They eat, they poop, they're, they, for the most part, they're predictable. They have the same habits every day. It's so damn owners that have to come and see their horses that <laughs> just make it complicated and and just Sometimes it makes the day difficult because you're dealing with all kinds of stuff. Where I want to talk to you exactly about that, but tell us what probarnmanagement.com is first. I would love to. Um, well, first, let me tell you that um, my husband and I, my husband David and I, are like the poster children for how to start a barn and boarding facility and do it wrong. <laughs> we've made every mistake in the book. Um, we've been open now 12 years, and the first few years were 
really rough. Um, I thought I knew horses. I was humbled by that. Um, all of a sudden, when I was taking care of other people's horses, it was a whole new ball of wax. And I really had never been in a, a management leadership, uh, leadership position before. So now I'm also taking care of the clients. And wow, it hit me. It hit me down hard. I was like not prepared. And there aren't really classes out there that teach you that. So over the years, I've learned things mostly by trial and error. And um, I started writing books and I started really realizing there's a real need out there to help people out there that are also trying to run their barns, doing the best job they can. And they run into all these issues. They run into how to give a 30-day notice, how to deal with horses that don't get along or horses that get hurt. And you're dealing with the client who's upset at the same time. Um, you know, problem solving. And that's what pro barn management is all about. You know, most people that get into the business um, that do it, they, we all love horses. And they have a pretty good idea of how to take care of them. Um, but the people part comes into it. It becomes very complicated when you involve horse trainers in the situation, depending on what time of barn you have. And, and you're the nucleus of it. The barn manager, the barn owner is the nucleus of all of it. And sometimes you go in the house with your head spinning going, what just happened today and why are people leaving my barn? So I started blogging uh, quite a few years ago and sharing some of the struggles I was going with and talking to people and it grew and then it grew into a couple books and now I'm writing a new book, a step-by-step guide uh, to uh, building and starting a, a successful horse boarding business. And I love it because now I get to help other people and I absolutely love it. I think this is a great idea because most people end up in the boarding business by accident anyway. It's not necessarily an intentional oh, yeah. thing. It's, uh, I got all these extra stalls. I have to pay the mortgage. The fences are breaking down. I need some extra money, so I'm going to start, I'll oh, just rent out the stalls, right? And that's how a lot of people exactly. end up in the boarding business. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And we were similar. We had a couple ponies for my girls and and had a couple people here, friends that kept their horses at our house. And my husband thought, oh, I want to stay at home full time. And he had farming experience and I had the horse experience. But we thought, what a great idea. Let's let's do this full time. But it really humbles you because once you build the barn and you build the arena and you have it as a real business. And we at our max, we were about 42 horses. Um, it's wow. It's overwhelming. And then you're raising kids on top of it. You're trying to live a life, a normal life on your property when your business is always open. So it's, it comes with all kinds of ups and downs. And I always tell people, I say, if you stick to it and you work through the kinks and you are willing to say, okay, I've made a mistake. Now we're going to do this differently and move on. It gets so much easier. And you grow. You grow with every mistake you make. And if people are willing to do that and move forward, it can be really a great business. Um, there's always those tough days. But I have to tell you, I'm excited because it's 20 degrees here in Wisconsin. And I was out cleaning stalls until about 10 minutes ago. And I'm in the house where it's warm and my husband is still out there cleaning stalls. There you go. That's what it takes. <laughs> That's what ever. horse husbands are for. So, so now, Jamie, yeah. you know, one of the things... You know, Jamie's ha- has uh, borders right now, a, a few, uh, you know, not to the 40 level. Do you, should I complain and see what she would say? Yeah. That's what want, I was going to go. My, like, that's where I was going with okay. it. I would love you to complain. I would love you to, to give me a complaint. And, and I would probably tell you, it kind of depends on the situation, but I'll tell you how I would probably answer it. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> I have a okay. border. 
who has a pony that never comes out and sees it. Never. And I was using the pony in lessons, but the pony is never ridden by the owner. And so the pony, I can't even use him in lessons. So he's getting fat. Uh And then he is, cause he gets started bucking kids off and I can't have a because he's not exercised. <laughs> he's bucking kids off. Uh-huh. And then once practice. he's bucking kids off, I have to stop using him. And now that I've stopped using him, he's had flare-ups of laminitis. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're wondering how you would approach the owner? Of well, the I mean, come get out here and ride your dang horse or let me lease him out or let me yeah. sell him or something. I don't know. It's just frustrating to me. All the horses here have jobs. Like everybody has an owner uh-huh. or a leasey and they're, everybody is busy and everybody gets exercised. And my best day ever is when every horse gets ridden. I'm just kind of that way. So the fact that like this pony sits around and goes to waste and he used to be so fit and muscular. And now he's just a kind of a mess Mm -hmm. and it just breaks my heart. So I can't take it anymore. Uh, What do I do? This is perfect. Well, I have to say, I look at it a little bit differently there. Um, and this is what makes it so great about boarding stables, small, large, whatever size, outdoor board, indoor board. Um, every one of them is different. And, as a boarder, and I boarded for many years, so I've been on both sides of the fence. Um, as a boarder, you have to really, you have to look at what kind of place you're, you're going to board at. As a barn owner, owner, manager, you have to be very, um, you have to be in detail of what you expect for your clients. And, um, you know, a training barn, for instance, they expect those horses to be trained, you know, worked five, five days a week, probably many of them. Um, our barn is a general purpose barn. Uh, we have a multidiscipline barn. We have four trainers that come here, give lessons, but it's a more casual atmosphere. We have some clients that don't come out, but they also pay me to make sure their horse is healthy, safe, and everything else. You know, I'm going to call them if there's a problem. I'm okay personally with a boarder not coming out all the time, especially if they've got personal things going on in their life and um, they choose not to ride the horse. I have no problem with that um, as long as the horse is current on farrier shots, health care, all that. They are paying me to make sure that that horse is healthy because, after all, I have four horses and I, they don't, they're not getting ridden right now either because my kids, one of my daughters in college, the other one's a senior in high school getting ready for college and they stopped riding. So my horses just sit. Now what changes in the whole thing is you, if you're using the horse for training, then I would tell them that there should be some kind of written agreement about what is expected from the owner for being able to use the horse in, as a, as a training horse for kids, because you're liable if the horse bucks, everybody's liable in that. So mm-hmm. What I would do, what I would tell someone when someone calls me with a problem, which happens often, I'll say, okay, I want you to sit down with this person and you need to write out a little contract of what exactly you want from that person and the use of the horse. And it's going to change with every situation. But um, if you have a barn where you want every haul the horses ridden regularly, that is a perfect barn for so many people. And then if there's someone looking for a barn where they can let the horse be kind of a pasture horse for a while, then there are barns out there for that. So everybody has to find the right place for their needs and what they have. For you, I would tell you to talk to this woman. If it's always been where she, the horse was getting exercised, I would talk to her. 
I would talk okay. to him and say, okay, we, what's, ha- what's changed here? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yeah. always go well. Sometimes it doesn't always go well. The thing with boarders and clients is they, they have personal lives and things happen in their personal lives. Sickness, health, divorce. That's Their unacceptable. Kids grow up. No. That's unacceptable. You know what, though, Jamie? I agree with her because we had 20 per, 25% of our horses at all times were absentee owners and they were paying us to take care of their horses. And I was like, Yeah, no, I get yeah. it. I get it. But I'm just, I, you wanted my complaint. And my complaint is I'm watching this pony end up with health problems because he's not getting exercise. So that was my then point. If, the and other if there's health problems, then definitely you need to talk to her about the whole laminitis still and then even you know a nutritional thing would have to be involved in that on why because we have a pony here that gets laminitis too um and we have he's on a special diet he doesn't get ridden at all um the kids that used that we're going to ride him our family's actually moved so right now no one is riding the horse and um you you know so every case is going to be different and you have to be willing to say okay at what point do I say enough is enough? I don't want to take care of a special needs horse. Well, and you know, you know, what, that, that is, that's part of it. One of the things I wanted to get to before, and we're running, going to run out of time here. Oh, I have one more and it's very common and it would be go a ahead. quick answer. All right, go ahead. Uh, real quick. Okay. okay. So I have kids out here and I, I've, I've been to barns that have signs hanging up, wrap the hose, put your stuff away. I don't want to have signs everywhere in my barn. So <laughs> How do I get these damn children to start picking up after themselves? My oh, God, I walk I out, there's a brush on the ground. There's this, they left their bridle out. They still them. sell electric cattle prods, by the way. Just throwing that out yeah. there. <laughs> they do, they do. Um, I That's kind of negative you, reinforcement, but, you know. I, I got to <laughs> tell you, you know, as a barn manager, there are parts of the job that really kind of suck sometimes. And as as you become into it more and more, you really learn. And it's, if it's your barn, you really take it personal when you walk out to the barn and the barn's a disaster area. I have two. Kids are notorious for it, teenagers. And I have, I have made kids come back. Kids have left our wash stall a mess. Complete disaster. I've had spilt shampoos. I've had manure. I've called the parents. And I've actually, at one time, I actually made... Uh, the girl come back to my barn years ago and clean everything because nice. the wash stall was a disaster. And that is tough. That is tough. But after it happens so many times, you say enough is enough. And you say, you know what? I'm not the maid. Well, you know, you need to clean up. That is, you know, I'm keeping this barn clean. You also need to do your part. And that was a tough one. I had to call the mother. They came out, they cleaned. And, you know, they stayed until the girl graduated high school. They didn't leave our barn. And she never did it again. It's, it's tough. You are the enforcer. You have to be the policeman. But once you start laying down the rule, you know, they start cleaning up because the last person they want to see is you walking in the door. <laughs> when they see you walking in the door, they, they know I'm going to say something. It's just a given. And I'm always nice, but I'm firm if something is out of place. And I'll say, hey, this can't go here. This needs to be picked up. But I'm always nice. And you know what? They, they don't want to see me. They don't want to see me for that. So they will pick it up because they don't want me to remind them. And I will remind them. And if you get people in that habit, eventually it takes care of itself and you have very few problems. Even with the kids at our barn now, they're wonderful because they know I will call. I will call their mother. (laughs) (laughs) I will call your parents. And it's, it's 
It's a, it's kind of, it sucks. And sometimes because you, well, that's where it's hard to be the friend. Well, that's what I was to just going to say. We always had to draw the line you between. You can't be the friend. Right, that's right. We always had to draw that line between friend and, especially with the teenagers, because they tend to latch on. So, you know, we, oh, yeah. the, the, there's always that line there. And it's hard to do that line sometimes. And to be honest, too, there's a lot of rewards. We were talking about the negatives here. But some of our, oh, our best God, friends today yeah. were borders of ours 35 years ago. And we're still best friends. And we try travel with them all the time. So, you know, you some know, of our best friends came is, from being boarders uh, of ours. There are so many <laughs> phenomenal rewards. Um, it's just, it's so much more than the horses. Um, I'll, I know you're going to run out of time here, but I'll just show, share with you a quick little thing because um, I'm just so thrilled. Um, uh, one of our very first boarders, even before we built our barn, our big barn in our indoor arena, um, she came here before. I just donated the kidney to her this summer, and what an honor. What an honor oh, wow. to, to actually awesome. share that with a boarder. And it was through our love for horses. So there's so many cool things. You know, I get to watch these kids grow up. Some of them have gotten married. I've been to their weddings. Um, I've, I've watched people have kids. You know, you get there's so many pluses. You get to see their horsemanship grow leaps and bounds. Um, from when they first come. And so there is, so, there's, the pluses outweigh the negatives, but it is a business. The bottom line is it's a business. So there are parts of it that you have to um, really treat like a business. <laughs> well, Sherry, we could talk to you all <laughs> day. And start. by the way, thank you. I mean, you gave the ultimate gift. Uh, there's no other, there's no one better than that. So we would like to, uh, I'd oh, love to have you, you back. I think this actually could be a regular segment because there's so much to talk about here. And a lot of our listeners do have, are, are at boarding barns or are on either side of the fence. And, and uh, we'd love to have you back. But you have books. Oh. People can find the books where? On Amazon. They're on books. They're on Amazon.com and they're on my website, Pro Barn Management. And um, I even wrote a woman's book about being a woman and trying to run a business as a woman in the horse world. And um, I'm in the middle of finishing up a new book that I'm super excited about, about uh, really starting a business and, and, uh, and all the nuts and bolts that go with it all the way through barn management and, it, and the real deal. I talk about the really hard issues and the real, and the, you know, but you can find them on probarnmanagement.com, and I would be honored to be back on your show. We're definitely going to have to have you back. Be. I have a, I have a thousand more things I want to talk to you about. Uh, but we're running out of time now. We have a vet coming up next. So thank you, Sherry. We really appreciate it. It's probarnmanagement.com. Go to the book section or the services if you need some consulting as well if you have a barn. Merry Christmas, Sherry. Merry Christmas to you guys, too, and thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Wow. That, you know, there's the one thing that I wanted to bring up and didn't have time, and I want to have her back to talk about it, is one of the issues when you run a big barn is people just stop paying their board, and you're there with the horse, and legally, what can you do? It's it's a big one that we had to deal with multiple times. There's the ultimate Free absentee horse. owner. Yeah, it doesn't always work that way. So. Uh, legally, you have to be really careful. But uh, we're going to get to horse lovers right after, right after uh, we talk to uh, Michelle Frazier. Doctor Frazier is here from Dr. Haggard. Frazier. hello, Doctor Frazier. How are you? Good. How are Good you morning. doing? Well, we Good. are. We're going to talk a little today about <clears throat> something we all do. Hold it. With. Stop. And 
I normally oh. play an opener for Dr. Frazier. Oh, sorry. Here we go. You know, I normally <laughs> play you an opener about how you're going to make me sick and all of that. You remember that every time you come on, right? <laughs> we ha- We have a different opener for you today that we think is in the holiday spirit and directly related to the topic that you're going to talk about. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, small and brown, he comes from you. Sit on the toilet, here he comes, squeezing tween your festive buns, a present from down below. Thanks to South Park oh for that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have thought of a different segment of that. Do you want me to play it again? Okay. I can play brown it again. Brown or greenish brown, but if you eat fiber on Christmas. I love that song. <laughs> and you know how many years I've been, 1,500 episodes, what, 1,800 episodes I've been waiting to play Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh. And you gave me the opportunity. Aren't you proud? I, I'm not sure what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, Thank you, Dr. Fraser, for being on with us today. And we are going to talk about, yes, poop. Poop and what it tells us about our horse's health, when to worry about it, when not to worry about it, things like that. So, um, let's talk about let let's talk about poop. <laughs> well, as you said, there are, are many things that you can find out about your horse's health, um, and even just uh, even without any fancy tests, even just looking at your horse's manure in the stall is going to tell you a lot. Is your horse getting enough uh, fluids, you know, is your horse hydrated, Um, you know, is the manure dry, is it uh, overly moist, and and even, you know, just knowing what's normal for your horse will certainly uh, tell you if something's changing with your horse. Okay, Um, so... Beyond that, there's lots of... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please carry on. There's also lots of diagnostic testing that we can do on the horse manure that can tell us... Additional things, does your horse have parasites? Is there an infectious agent? Maybe if your horse is sick and we're trying to figure out what's going on, that may be one of the first tests that we do is looking at the horse's manure to try to figure out what's going on. So my horse poops in the stall and I look as I'm cleaning the stall. Of course, they always poop like when you're cleaning it. Uh, And you look down and you see it. What would be something that you would look at the poop and go, oh, that's that's dangerous or that's something you would worry about? Um, as I worry, especially this time of year, going into winter, the weather's changing a lot. Sometimes horses don't drink enough. Sometimes they don't like cold water. Uh, you know, the weather changing, they just may not take in the amount of water that they need. So if you see, if your horse suddenly has really hard, dry manure, that would be something that you would definitely want to pay attention to. Also, if there, if your horse has had an impaction, sometimes they can have a mild impaction and you, you didn't even know it. You know, they didn't even show you colic signs, but you'll just see that hard, dry, impacted manure coming through them. Um, and sometimes it can actually be covered in mucus, which that's the part where I make you sick talking about that probably. <laughs> but, you know, it'll have <laughs> like me. a kind of slimy layer <laughs> over the top of it. Um, where it's just been sitting in the intestine for a while and, and starts accumulating that on the surface. So those are some things to look for to make sure that your horse is getting enough water. Okay. I did not know that it would be covered in mucus. The reason it was covered in mucus is because it sat there a while. Yeah, it, can, it just kind of sits there a while and that mucusy stuff starts forming on top of it. Yeah. So oftentimes if a horse is breaking down an impaction or they're starting to pass an impaction that they had in their large intestine, it'll be... 
<clears throat> excuse me, really hard dry manure covered with with like slimy mucus. Can I just throw something in here? <laughs> no, no, ew. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going back to this. I knew that would get him. I'm going back to this. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo, small and brown. I can handle that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, when I woke up this so, morning, I did not think we'd be talking about mucus-covered poop. I, <laughs> I knew that me going revisiting that would get you. Okay, so so moving on, we see mucus-covered poop, Glenn. What is another thing I would look at and go, oh, my God. So so we have a mucus-covered poop. We know we need to get our horse some water. We need to hydrate. We need to figure out a way to Right after to I throw up, more. by yeah. the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm muting you. You don't get to talk anymore. <laughs> is that something you would be concerned about, or is it is it a, an event that has passed, so to speak? <laughs> well, that is a good point. By the time you see it, it may be an event that has passed, but it may not. So it quite literally may have passed. But um, so you want to certainly, you know, that's a time you may think, oh, do I need my vet to come check? Do we need to tube this, this horse with some additional fluids? And certainly you need to keep a close eye and make sure you don't have any low-grade colic signs. And then the other thing certainly to look for that you might notice when you're just cleaning your stall is is the complete opposite. If your horse has too much fluid in their manure or if they're, in other words, starting to pass diarrhea. And that is, is just as concerning as, as too dry a manure. And as far as <coughs> why they could have diarrhea, uh, you know, the list is, is quite long. An infectious agent, uh, you know, a, a change in, in feed or something that's upset their, their GI tract, uh, just to name a few. But that's another time that you may want to think about calling your vet. Yeah. So I, I just, we have a senior horse who has trouble kind of keeping on weight. And so one of the things that we decided to do was start adding some more alfalfa to his diet. Oh my gosh. It's like splattered city, you know? And so we've had to like back off from that a little bit, but of course I'm like, why does he have diarrhea? What's going on? What do I do? You know? Oh yeah. I changed the feed. So that is something that you have to look out for is if you change the feed like that and you get diarrhea, do they, because I know that if you change the feed, they sometimes don't have the enzymes to digest whatever that food is. Do do they grow into it or do you immediately pull it off? Do you freak out when you see diarrhea or is it something you're like, "Mm, let's see how this plays out? I think you can see how it plays out as long as you're keeping a close eye on your horse, that it's not getting worse, that your horse is continuing to drink. You don't have signs of dehydration. You know, the, the membranes uh, on the ho- in the horse's mouth are still moist. If you pinch skin on the horse's neck, it doesn't stay. You know, the, the, skin, the skin tint test to make sure your horse is hydrated, you should be able to pull the skin up and it should go right back flat again. If you pull that skin up and it just kind of stays there, you know, you can kind of see that, that wrinkle, then those are signs that your horse may not have enough fluid and, and may be losing too much fluid in the manure. So what is one thing, if you were to see a color of your horse's poop, what is a, a color that you might see that would really be dangerous? Um, you know, I don't know that a color would uh, scare me other than if it's uh, bright red, you know, as in covered in blood, and that certainly you need to call your veterinarian okay. in that regard. But it's going to reflect the diet. If, you know, when you switched your horse to the alfalfa, I bet it might have been a little more green. When the green grass comes on in the spring, the manure is going to get a little greener. And, and that's all perfectly acceptable. 
So certainly pay attention to the color. If there's a change from what is normal for your horse, then you want to pay closer attention. But I'd say the the hydration is is probably what I'm going to pay the closest attention to. Okay, so Glenn, for those of you keeping score at home, we've now talked about dry poop, colored poop, <laughs> bloody poop, and mucusy poop. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, we can still <laughs> talk about uh, parasite eggs and poo. So, yes. you know, we still have Give that me- Oh, good. So we're going to add worms and poo. We're going to add that to the list. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, I mean, that no. just caps off this whole poo, poo cocktail hour. Yeah. <sighs> if your horse has a high parasite, parasite load, you're probably not going to see that with just your naked eye in the manure. You're going to need to get your veterinarian to take a sample and they'll uh, turn it in for what we call a fecal egg float where they, uh, you know, do a a specific process and look with the microscope to determine if your horse has a parasite problem. Certainly, if you see parasites, you know you have a problem. You know, if there are actual worms in your horse's manure that you can see with your naked eye, time to call your vet and get on a, you know, reevaluate your deworming program. Can I just stop and say that the fact that you call them naked eyes, you are in Kentucky, are you? <laughs> no, no, oh, no. <laughs> I just throw my, uh, my, my slang here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my daddy calls it. The, the like, unaided eye. <laughs> no, it's naked. Okay. Don't change. Uh, Don't change. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you can do right. it without a microscope. Oh, my, my husband will make fun of me for that when he's English. So I, you know, I, I constantly get the uh, reminder of my Kentucky ways. <laughs> I know. I love it. I said, don't go changing on us. Uh, so, okay. So <laughs> how common is it to visibly see worms in a horse's poop? Like you can do it in dog's poop and I've seen worms in. hold on, Glenn. I've seen worms in my chicken's poop, but I don't ever recall seeing worms in a horse's poop. Uh, we, so that yeah, must I be have, like a red. We bird. have seen that a couple times, and it's horses that we just got in, either rescues or whatever from auctions, things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's a pretty bad parasite load if you can see the the actual worms in the horse's manure. And so they're usually the it, little white ones common. when you do. When we do have seen it, it's been the little white ones. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes you can even see the, the tapeworms. Usually it's younger horses. It's not as uncommon to see it in like the weanling age. Um, and then certainly what you're describing a rescue situation, you know, where you know you're coming from some questionable deworming, but it's, it's not as common in a, a normal, happy, healthy adult horse. And certainly that's when you want to call your vet and, and again, reevaluate your reevaluate your deworming program. If you have a horse with a really high parasite load, you've got to be careful when you start to deworm them that you don't cause more issues with deworming. So, so you want to do that under a veterinarian's guidance. Can yeah, I somebody just told say me that this is making really... Mr. Hanky look really good, this whole conversation? Oh, I got, I got one <laughs> sentence that'll make you think Mr. Hanky looks really good, Glenn, is sometimes that if you have a horse that has a heavy parasite load and you deworm them all, all of those um, worms die off at the same time, and then it becomes like in, uh, your horse's ingested meat. So sit with that one for a second. How... <laughs> Back to Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. It, that, that and that one... is so true. You'll get a massive die off at one time, and they can even they can cause an impaction, especially yeah. in younger horses. You'll get an impaction of just the dead worms. 
Small that, and brown, I, he comes yeah. from you. <laughs> Sit on the toilet, here he comes. <laughs> Dr. Fraser, I don't know why you keep coming back, but we sure appreciate it. You do. <laughs> well, thank you. This Haggard so has to be fun. so proud that they make this appearance once a month on the show. <laughs> but we're glad it was you because anybody else, as soon as, as soon as actually it was Jemmy, I have to give Jemmy credit for coming up with Mr. Hanky. And uh, we were talking about it before the show, and I said, wait a minute, who's the veterinarian? We need a veterinarian from Haggard has a sense of humor. And as soon as they said Michelle, I was like, yep. <laughs> We're in. We're good. Okay. She has a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. There you go. Thank you, Dr. Fraser. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this and dealing with us. Uh, we appreciate it. Haggard.com, H-A-G-Y-A-R-D.com is where everybody can go to learn more about you and the amazing hospital you're associated with. And we do appreciate you guys coming on uh, every Wednesday and, and talking to us. Well, thank you so much, and I hope uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your day and the Merry holiday. Christmas. See you. Do- Merry Christmas. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Haggard Equine Medical Institute in Lexington, Kentucky, and Wellington, Florida, has been treating racehorses, sport horses, and beloved pasture ornaments for 140 years. With some 30 ambulatory doctors, 24-hour emergency care, full surgical suite, dedicated sport horse facility, wide range of proven therapies, and full-service pharmacy, Haggard offers everything your horse needs for the proper diagnosis and best treatment. Visit Haggard.com for more information, or you can call them at 859-255-8741. Follow Haggard Equine Medical Institute on Facebook or on Twitter, at Haggard, and receive health alerts and the latest information on keeping your horse healthy and happy. Okay, this show is bad for my health today, because when I laugh, <laughs> it really, really hurts, and that was kind of funny. So, good job. Well done. All right, so... That grosses me out, too, honestly. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. I gotta take one for the team. I gotta do it for the, it's for the show, Glenn. I know. It's for the show. Grossing me out's for the show. Well, <laughs> horselovers.com has a couple of specials going right now for listeners. One is, if you put radio in the coupon box at checkout, uh, you'll get an easy roll-up all-purpose fleece blanket with your purchase of $49 or more. That's a $25 fleece blanket for a purchase of $49 or more. That's like 50%. And this is an exclusive code, only while supplies last. You put radio in the coupon box at checkout. And also, if you spend more than $50, if you've already used your radio coupon and you're on your second order, try HRN in the coupon box at checkout and get $5 off your order instantly. That's just for HRN listeners. So try radio or try HRN. I asked the auditors this morning what would be their one gift that they have on their Christmas list from horse lovers. We got a bunch of answers there, Jamie. Um, we got a bunch of stuff. One, wait, wait, are you surprised that you ask horse women what they wanted off of their favorite horse website and you got a lot of answers and you're surprised? No, not really. I'm not surprised I got a lot of answers, but I am surprised at the price of all of these things. It seems that our auditors have expensive tastes, all except for one, and that was you. You put the cheapest item that was on the whole list. But we had Noble Outfitters uh, mud boots, which everybody really wants those, right? Uh, and we had the Iridian Ladies uh, Bellissima full seat breeches. 
We've had Eclipse by Tough One, Treeless Endurance Saddle Package, and I had to click on that to see how much that cost, and that was by Kayla. Kayla, and I was surprised, actually, that uh, Endurance Saddle Package by Tough One is only 250 bucks. So that wasn't too bad. Jamie put on socks, and I think that's directly related to the conversation we had on Monday, isn't it? Yes. I, you know what? I say random things on the show and then I punish myself because I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. Why did I say that? That's that's why I don't like go back and listen to myself because I just crush myself. Uh, so I was like, that was stupid to talk about socks. Oh, my God. Do you know how many emails I got about socks? And this one came from this link came from uh, Stephanie, one of our auditors. She's like, I found the perfect sock. I love these socks. They're the only ones I wear because I wanted a boot sock that was tall that had like a real actual foot of a sock in it, not some thin wispy, you know, like you're putting on, not that you're putting on riding boots, like you're putting on high heels. And I don't want that. I want like a real sock. So these are those. Yeah, and, and uh, they are very nice. I've seen those at the shows. Je- Actually, Jennifer has a couple pairs of those. Uh, and also, you know, we talk about Ovation a lot. We'll kind of combine commercials here because they're a sponsor today, too. Ovation Country Boots. Can, can I just say on Thanksgiving Day, we had literally, we had eight inches of rain from 8 o'clock in the morning to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We had lakes on this entire farm. Eight inches of rain, even in Florida, creates lakes. I mean, it goes away pretty quickly, but that day I got up in the morning and I said, that's it. I'm putting on my country boots. My feet will be dry. I had to go through water that was a foot deep to get Scooter out of the pasture. That's how deep the water was. And my feet didn't get wet at all. Those country boots are so nice. And then you posted a picture, speaking of ovation, of one of the cutest pictures ever. If there had been a Christmas wreath around the ponies, you would have the holiday picture of the century. You posted a picture of (laughs) your little boy with his little girlfriend on horses, holding hands with with their ovation riding helmets on. Oh my God. Could you die? Are they the cutest things ever? So Lucas likes taking riding lessons. If little Sakura takes riding lessons too. So Sakura's mom rides with me. And, um, so every week we're giving them group lessons. I'll give Lucas the lesson and she gives the chorus and then they both want to be out there even more. And then it gets competitive. I can trot longer than you. It's adorable, and they are great friends. So that we put the ponies next to each other and said, "Hold hands." Oh, it is the they, cutest picture. Oh my Jamie. god! It is. It, it looks like it was a professionally shot picture. It's really well done. Uh, can you post? Are you allowed to post that or not? Of course, my picture. All I right. took it with my cell phone. Oh yeah, post that on Horses <laughs> in the Morning, and I'll use it as our show notes picture for today too. But post it on Horses oh in the Morning Facebook page. Yeah. It is the cutest picture, and and they're both wearing their Ovation helmets. Two different styles, it looks like too. And that's the thing about Ovation. If you go to OvationRiding.com or you just go to HorseLovers.com, they have all the Ovation products. You'll find all the different helmet selections and all the different cool colors and sizes and helmets. You know, go out to the barn if your kid already has a helmet or if you have to get a gift for somebody else just take their helmet sneak a peek in look at the date if it's over five years old they need a new helmet anyway so go ahead and get them one for christmas this one's not gonna last another month with my giant headed child by the way he's wearing (laughs) i bought him brand new size for six-year-olds riding pants that he's wearing in the picture i i was like peeling on i was like i can't get him up (laughs) you barely get him on he's a big boy the t-shirt he's wearing he won't take off he will not take, there's bugs on the shirt and he loves the shirt and he like wears it all the time to the point where I, um, it's gross and I have to, uh, Jimmy, does that, that Jimmy has a, what, a five-year-old or going on six, right? What, how, does he do that too, to put clothes on and never take them off? 
Um, he just puts the same thing on every night sometimes, especially his, co- he's really into costumes. So he'll, he'll dress up in his same like Spider-Man costume all the, t- or Woody costume all the time. So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I get it. I have to <laughs> back to back. Thing. Yeah. I have to wash this thing daily because he just wants to wear it all the time anyway. So, so he looks, it's adorable and they're the cutest things ever. So I will post, uh, I'll post it on the page. Horselovers.com to get all of your ovation riding gear. Just head over there or anything else that you want for the holidays. Don't forget they have their, their sales going on. They have their deal of the days. They have their holiday sales. Uh, and I know that a lot of the auditors have been spending lots of money there. Jennifer just got a box in from Horse Lovers yesterday. So, so, and apparently shipping is going fine for the most part because uh she ordered it a couple days ago and it came so yep that seems no to problems be, for me yeah. i've had several orders it's really embarrassing when i call and i had to call and return a blanket because I, I bought the wrong size for zara so i call him and i'm like hey i just need to return this blanket i need a label okay what's your order number and i'm like i don't know I, it was like four <laughs> orders ago right <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awful. You can look it up, but that requires work and effort. But their people yeah. that work there are incredible. There incredible. you go. So thank you to both of them for sponsoring today's show. Now, we're going to come back. We have Badass, and I've decided that this is what we have to call her from now on. It's Badass Devin Horn. We just can't say Devin Horn because that doesn't apply to Devin. That's not good enough for Devin. It's Badass Devin Horn. And we've kind of adopted her. I let her know yesterday that we've adopted her. And she's going to be our Spotlight Mongol Derby rider for 2018, whether she likes it or not. Uh, And we're going to get to know her a little bit better. Most of the listeners, regular listeners, know who she is, but we're going to get to know her a little better in a little bit. But first, we're going to take a break. Uh, You know, I thought a little Tiffany DeRosé with Hallelujah would be appropriate for today. I thought after all the poop talk, this this just takes you away from that into a, a quiet place. Something pretty. I think South Park's going to sue me, by the way. No. They'll love it. <laughs> okay, good. They probably would, actually. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? Thank you. 
I've been here before I've seen this room and I've walked this floor I used to live alone before I knew you I've seen your flag on the marble arch But love is not a victory march It's a cold and it's a broken Hallelujah Hallelujah Tiffany DeRose with Hallelujah. You can find all of her music at TiffanyDeRose.com. I bet you didn't know that I was singing along really loud to that. You know, I, turned I, my I bet mic you off, didn't but... know that I put you on mute just in case you would sing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can sing that beautifully. Okay. I bet. I bet. That is one of the most beautiful songs. It really is. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, we're going to go from that. I did want to say that our condolences, and I've been tagged in a bunch of posts now about the another round of flat fires in Southern California. Jeez, uh, and I this one came up so quickly, and I know there were a lot of horse, small horse farms affected where they didn't have time to even get their horses out. There was no planning this one. Uh, and they were just turning the horses loose and trying to get out themselves. And I've been, I've been posted, I've been tagged in some videos of people just trying to, to do the best they can in such a short period of time. And the videos from these fires through the neighborhoods are just awful. They're just awful. And our thoughts and prayers are with everybody dealing with that out there. Jeez, if you think you have it bad, just take a look at that. It's uh, it's uh, it's heartbreaking, and I I know we have some listeners that were involved in the fire, and and it just seems like LA is LA is on fire, and I'm so familiar with that drive, and I've made it so many times, and it's just I I dread driving through it next time to see the decimation that's happened. So our hearts go out to everybody involved in that. Southern California is, I mean, it's just on fire. California just had a rough year. 
really Let's have. all like say a little prayer for some rain. Yeah, they really have. I know they even closed I-5, the road that you drove on, uh, you know, up to Montpelier. Yeah. They closed that for a time yesterday. That's like the major thoroughfare. They don't close that lightly. Another thing, too, on a happy note, it looks like on Friday, I, all the auditors are posting, a lot of our auditors are by making stuff and selling it online. So we're going to have a bunch more of our listener cool. uh, products for you on Friday. So that's very cool. We'll be doing that on Friday as well. Well, you all know we follow Leslie Wiley and her, well... It's kind of my fault Leslie Wiley had her adventure in the first place. But we followed Leslie Wiley and her adventures and lead up up to the Mongol Derby. And then we dot watched for seven, eight days. We watched little dots on a map. And we were all so excited to stay up till three, four in the morning to watch little dots on a map. Uh, and to get the reports coming in from the Mongol Derby. And it was, it was very exciting. Well, you got to know somebody else during that time because she helped me with the coverage we did every night on the Mongol Derby last year, and that is Badass Devin Horn. And I've decided, Devin, that that's just going to be your name from now on. We cannot say Devin Horn. It has to be Badass Devin Horn. That's your name. Hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I figured you would be. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that one's not bad. <laughs> I figured you would be. Well, Devin has done some badass things in her lifetime. She apparently likes danger and likes breaking things, and, and she wants to do more of it. So, uh, Devin, yeah, I was I was uh, really impressed with your your rib escapade that you were talking about yeah. on Monday. I yeah, was uh, giving you a, a really nice thumbs up for that. Yeah, thanks, Devin. <laughs> you actually, but you break ribs doing cool stuff. I break ribs riding a freaking tram. So there's a difference. <laughs> a difference. Yeah, but when you tell the story, Glenn, you don't have to you don't have to tell it quite like that. You can, uh, you know, it's called embellishment. Oh, yeah. Jamie always said, don't let a you know, yeah. good story get in the way of the truth or something like that. Don't the truth get in the way of a exactly. good story, something like that. Uh, but you that's know what? So you're badass Devin Horn. I'm dumbass Glenn. I think that's really how it goes. <laughs> oh, man. What a pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a good combination, you and I. So, De De Devin, uh, you're going to do it again. You have ridden the Mongol Derby twice, and you came in uh, first slash second one time. And now there's a movie about you, which I want to talk a little bit more about because people are still wanting to know where they can watch that. But what what made you want to do this again? Like, it's not hard enough twice. Yeah, uh, well, I, I've been doing a lot of soul-searching in the past couple of weeks um, since I you know, began making my preparations. Um, like you said, the first year I had a really good time. Um, I came first across the line and technically finished second place. Um, and that was pretty much almost a perfect derby run. I, I don't think looking back, knowing what I know now, I could have done anything differently. Um, and I was really happy with how 2013 came out. Um, 2015 was the year that the uh, documentary All the Wild Horses premiered. And that was the one where I didn't finish. I was, uh, I, I was pulled, I think it was about 400 kilometers from the finish line. Um, and I, I knew at the time, even when I was, you know, really sick afterwards that I just didn't want to let it stand like that. And that at some point I would want to come back and get a nice solid finish to finish my career out with the Mongol Derby people. Um, well, I gotta also, say though, Devin, I have to stop I, you there. Let's not go any further than that because I saw clips of the movie oh, and you were not yeah. badass Devin Horn at that <laughs> point. You were broke ass Devin Horn. And I don't mean, I, I mean, physically, I was, Ugh. I was trashed, Glenn. I mean, I, that's the closest I've ever come to a near-death experience, and it, it trashed me. I mean, uh, when I came back from Houston, to, to Houston after that, um, 
I couldn't walk across like my, my shopping parking lot without, you know, stopping for a break and sitting down and then getting back up and trying again. And that makes um, everybody want to do that cool. all over again, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> See, that's well, the difference I, between I a badass and a dumbass. That is the difference between a badass and a <laughs> well, dumbass. A lot of people would say that I'm blurring the line right now between those two. Well, that's, that's just probably true, actually. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, had to, I had to deal with my child for a second. Did, did Glenn ask you officially why you want to do this to yourself again? Yes, he did. That's what I'm trying to answer right now. But it's it's not really like a... Um, I, I guess the short answer is because I am a dumbass. But I guess the long answer is that I can't I can't let it stand like it is, uh, you know, for 2015. To, to go out on a loss is just not who I am. I really need to, to go back and get at least one more good finish under my belt. Now, that's a difference, okay. too, between her and a lot of people, too, I think, is that you really went out to win this, where most people go just to live through the seven, eight days. Yeah. Uh, you actually want to win, and in addition to live. Uh, I think they're both the same thing for me. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, that's what <laughs> makes her different than us, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I, I, you know, if you're going to put all of this time training and all of this effort and all of this life worth into getting there, it'd be kind of a shame to not do your best. I think. Well, here's the here's the thing: is when I go out to say compete, and yep. I go to the competition, and I'm like, I just really want to do well for me. You know, I just, I'm like, maybe I want to win a ribbon. Like, that'd be really cool. Versus the kind of competition where, like, I want to win. I want to win this thing. The pressure and the stress is so much higher when I'm saying, I want to win, I want to win. And you're quite a ways out to be, like, throwing that out there. So, um, do you feel added pressure for this one? Uh, you know, I don't. And let me ask you something. You know, when you're, when you're, going up to a competition and you're thinking about, oh man, I want to win. Um, I don't think it kind of puts you in that right mindset, but do you ever have that minute in the warm-up ring where you're like, what if everything goes right and I win this thing and you can see yourself kind of winning and get all excited and your heart starts fluttering and, uh, you know, you, you don't think about all the things that could go wrong. And that one minute you have this clarity as to what if everything goes right. Maybe that's why I don't win enough. <laughs> She's never had that. <laughs> it's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> But a lot of people I talk to, you know, it's like a fantasy, you know, they, they fantasize about what, what could go right. And I just live in that world all the time. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. We're going to have you on on a regular basis here in the lead up to, like we did with Leslie, of course, in the lead up to the Muggle Derby. And then I've committed to, maybe I'll get Leslie's help with this and we'll get Jamie a little bit more than we did last year to doing the nightly recaps every night. And we maybe get Milo, who did the movie. He he was good, kind enough to join us before, too, and a couple of the other competitors. But it was so much fun, I know, for the listeners to follow along. And we really wanted to give them somebody to follow along and attach to again. So whether you like it or not, you're ours, Devin. That's it. Nice. I've been officially adopted. You okay. have. You have. Now, you also, she also, by the way, Devin also does roller derby and all this other stuff. But we want to know, what are you doing to prepare for this Mongol derby that you didn't do before? Or are you just kicking up your training? Are you doing anything? Are you eating bad food okay, more so, often? What are you doing? So what actually happened to me last time, um, I... I think, you know, I'll never know for certain is that I think I overtrained for the Derby. 
Um, so this year, I'm actually implementing a little bit more self-care um, along with my training program in order to get to Mongolia in the healthiest way possible. So I'm not going harder. I'm just going smarter. Um, and that includes a lot of, obviously, miles on the saddle, a really nice weight training regimen that um, I had a trainer help me come up with, um, an intense diet as usual. Well, what's that diet? Because over there you do get sick. So are you just going to the the meat section at the grocery store and looking for the stuff that's out of date? And then you're eating that to get ready? Exactly. The clearance meat. Yeah, yeah the yeah, clearance yeah. meat section. That's what gets you ready. Get your stomach ready. The clearance meat section. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, my dietitian is rolling on her floor right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, did, I did think that eating a lot of yogurt helped me, you know, a couple of years before. Although I think just during the derby, you get sick. I mean, I don't know if there's any way to 100%, um, de- you know, remove the risk of gastrointestinal distress. I think anything that you do going up, you're, you're just going to have to deal with it anyway during the derby. So, hey, as, le- as long as you're, you're ready for it, I guess. What, what that, you know, that brings up a good point. Everybody, and Leslie experienced this, and she shared it on the show, and it was very poignant. I know you listened to it after she got back. She really had a tough time in the acclimation period after. You know, this, this race rips you to your core. I mean, you're a thousand kilometers over many days riding wild ponies who try and kill you at every turn, and you're eating this bad food, and it just is so intense. It, it does take you down to your core. Does that get easier the more times you do it, or does it rip you down every time? No, I think it gets, I, what, I think it gets harder. Um, I, I thought it was going to be easier the second year. I said, you know, I'll know exactly what to expect. You know, I'll be able, I know that in my mind I can deal with anything this race throws at me. Um, but I think it's harder because now you have the anticipation. Um, I know exactly what is waiting for me out there. So you have a little bit more of a mind game to play with, um, as well as the physical aspects, you know, how hard it's going to be, you know, how hard it's going to hurt and you just have to kind of, you know, hunker down and bear it. Okay. You are crossing over to dumbass. You realize that Devin, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really trying to to really like explain it to you. I guess I'm coming up with a, yeah, I I, I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're, we're so excited for you and obviously, you know, you're doing things that uh, 99.9% of us will never do. And that's just amazing. But people want to watch the movie that you're in and it's about a whole bunch of riders, but you're, you're kind of featured in it. All the wild horses. Is it out yet? Is there any place they can see it? So unfortunately, all the wild horses was filmed exclusively watching me fall on my ass. Um, so it, <laughs> it was filmed during the the year that I really didn't do well at the Derby, which makes for really good drama and really good TV. Um, but I don't necessarily think it was my finest hour. Um, but so what's, ha- what's happening right now is that the film is going through a series of, of um, film festival debuts. Um, this is apparently the phase one of, of every documentary. It goes through a couple of festivals, it gets a couple of awards, and then it moves to theatrical releases. Um, as soon as I have that, that uh, schedule, I will definitely let the uh, Horses in the Morning Radio Network know. Um, and then eventually, later next year, it will be on Netflix. So eventually, you will be able to watch it. Good. I hope you, it- let me ask, because I have just talked about on the show that I don't listen to myself because I hate hearing myself. Have you watched yourself? Can you do it? Did you cringe? What happened? Oh, my God. I cried like a baby. Every time I've seen this, this movie, I've cried like a baby at all of the, the uh, showings. Just, it's just such an emotionally raw, powerful film just for somebody who's, who's not in it, you know? And then having to, to watch yourself and relive, you know, moments of your life that were really 
growing is, is it's tough. Dude, you're my hero. That's crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. You are crazy, but that's why we love her. That's... I know, I know, but you're stuck with me, so. That's right. Are you doing anything else that's really nuts before you go out next year on, on the ride? Yeah, I'm I'm currently training for my first 100-mile ultra marathon, which will be, um, it was just rescheduled to February. It was supposed to be in two weeks. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I thought I needed a little bit more training, so we're going to go ahead and try to do that in February. Um, and then just your normal everyday. Uh, 2018, as you know, is um, WEG. Right. Uh, in uh, Tryon, uh, North Carolina. So I will be on a crew team for that. I will not be uh, entering my name in combination. So okay. we will uh, be kind of circumnavigating the FEI uh, endurance red tape <laughs> on that aspect of a uh, of a uh, you know 2018 as well. Yeah, and for those that don't know, Devin is an endurance rider. <clears throat> uh, oh right. <laughs> yeah. So yes, she... I will. Uh, I will be doing. Um, I, I will be grooming for an endurance team. The country of origin so far is yet. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, good. Well, then, you know what? We we do the uh, we do the World of Question Games radio show, and we'll be doing nightly wrap-ups, so maybe you can help us with our cover, coverage of endurance that night. We'll have you come over. <clears throat> yeah, there's a there's going to be a lot of... Um, anytime you have the wake over here in the States, the endurance community um, comes out in space to support the event and make sure everybody has the crew they need. So it's a, it's a really fantastic um, piece of the wake that doesn't get a whole lot of media attention, so... I remember, I, but because it's hard to watch, actually, because they leave and then the, the, you yes. maybe get them back at vet checks where you can watch them, and then they come home. They come home at the end of the day, and that's pretty much all you can see. So it was, it was exactly. We spent Unless a, you're grooming. If you're grooming, then it's just you know twelve constant hours of work. But if you're just sitting there, yeah, you have hours at a time where nothing happens. Yeah, we were watching <laughs> it on the TV actually because they had the drones up, but it was fun. Well, thank you, Devin, and we look forward to keeping up with you. And I know you have a. You have a cool thing where you're selling some shirts. Tell us about that, and it's to help raise money for for your trip next year because this isn't cheap. It's like fifteen, sixteen grand by the time you're done. So, uh, where can people yeah, find um, find them? What's the scoop? So, yeah, sponsorship for the Derby is is my Achilles heel. It's the thing I have the most trouble with, just because I'm I figured out that I'm just really bad at self promotion, apparently. <laughs> um, and you know the, the getting uh together you know sponsorship packages and stuff is just not my my specialty but um i did have this really cool idea to do a couple of of endurance rider related shirts um and if you're interested you can uh get onto my facebook and check them out um if the the t-shirt campaign is successful i'll do a couple more runs of them you know before i leave but uh really my facebook page is the best place to find out what's going on with me and how you can help and uh all that good stuff and we're and it's just devin horn d-e-v-a-n horn (laughs) That's it, H O R N, and uh, I'm you know uh, always I I always tag and share the horses in the morning radio podcast, so you can uh, find me that way. Yes, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much, Devin. Well, Devin, thank you. Keep being a badass, and we'll keep hey, no talking problem. to you and see how you're doing in your lead up to uh, to the to the big ride next year. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All right, thanks, Devin. Dang, she Bye. got off the phone too fast. I was trying to figure out how to say good luck in Mongolian, but I couldn't. <laughs> you know, didn't to come, come up, up with that? It. No. It's probably no. probably a little hard to say anyway. I'll but have it next time. She, she's been so supportive, actually. She loves the show, and she she's an auditor of ours. And uh, I like that she called it the Horses in the Morning Radio Network. I know. That's right, girl. 
<laughs> we own this place. That's right. We're, it's our network. So we're, we're happy to follow her and help support her and her travels up to her third appearance at the Mongol Derby next year. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. We have a lot more people posting in our auditor room that make stuff and sell it. So we're going to maybe make a whole sec, uh, segment out of that on Friday. And we'll try and help you guys. But, you know, it's nice to help support people who make things themselves. Uh, You know, that custom is really cool, especially in the horse world where it's hard sometimes to find gifts for people to have everything. If it's custom made and it's made by, you know, somebody that you're friends with on Facebook, that makes it more special. And and I'm happy to support everybody that does that. All right. It's time for the book. It's time for the book. We're not going anywhere. So where are we at with the book? We're on chapter 13. Remember, right. we've had, we have dead people. We got other people getting in trouble. We got, I think, cats right now going out to look for the little kid that's probably murdered the lady. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Well, you Just... ca- crack that open. Find chapter 13. Got it. The Opium Equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Waisaki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund. Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher Cool Titles for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawaisaki.com. Chapter 13. As I pulled into the parking lot of the Ashland City Co-op, I saw Jim Ed holding court from a rocking chair on the porch. He didn't look much worse for wear due to his recent surgical ordeal. His thin body was clad, as usual, in an endless series of white undershirts, dark blue work pants, black suspenders, white tube socks, black lace-up shoes with thick soles. As a concession to the cold weather, he had added a bright red coat that looked like it as if it might have once resided in his wife's closet. The thinning hair on his scalp had been dyed bright yellow, and his set of ill-fitting uppers and lowers had been scrubbed to an unnatural whiteness. Before he'd had all his teeth pulled, Jim Ed looked like something like Bugs Bunny. So this was a marked improvement. As I got out of the truck, Jim Ed greeted me as a long-lost old friend. Not that I was either long-lost or an old friend. Jim Ed greeted everyone that way. Ms. Enright, how very nice to see you on this cold morning, he said, dismissing the two older men that he had been speaking with. I ain't seen you, seems like, in a month of Sundays. Can I help you find something inside? There's a new line of hay nets just come out, guaranteed for a year. Listening to him, one might swear that Jim Ed was actually employed by the co-op, but he wasn't. Since his retirement ten years or so back, Jim Ed had hung out at the co-op just about every day. Rain or shine, good weather or bad. He once told me, in the strictest confidence, of course, that as much as he loved his wife, they drove each other crazy. So he wandered down to the co-op every morning to keep his marriage intact. The fact was, Jim Ed was Cheatham County's biggest gossip. He thrived on it. And I think the co-op figured out early on that having Jim Ed ensconced in a chair out front was the equivalent of several thousands of dollars of advertising each week. With Jim Ed around, everyone came to the co-op to find out what was happening. I was no different. No, no, Jim Ed, no hay nuts today. I came by to see you. John told me you were doing pretty well since you had your heart surgery, and I just stopped by to say hi. 
from prior experience, I knew I wouldn't be able to rush Jamed. Jamed freely peppered his gossip and Southern analogies, so we'd have to sit around and BS for a while before I could get to the real reason for my visit. I hoped my extra coat of mascara would hurry him along. Well, that's mighty kind of you, Miss Mighty Kind, he said, setting me on a bench next to the rocker. Since my operation, I'm finer than frog hair. In fact, if life gets any better, I'll have to hire someone to help me enjoy it. Say, you don't know how that old Mara Hello Holderman's is doing, do you? Hello was an elderly farmer who lived on Pond Creek Road. His nickname, for obvious reasons, he, like Jim Ed, had never met a stranger. Hello had never gotten around to modernizing enough to use a tractor and still plowed using a team of Belgian mares as ancient as he. Hello was older than dirt, but he still did all right. If he'd ever married, it was so long ago, no one had ever heard about it. Same goes for any kids he might have had. No, I haven't heard a word. The mare had a bout of colic, didn't she? Boy, howdy, did she ever. Dog child said her gut was twisted tighter than a fiddle string. I don't know if he'd ever get the kinks out. Guess he did, though. Guess I'd have heard if she didn't make it. Boy, now that'd be hard on a hello losing one of his team. That old boy is tough as leather, but it'd plumb kill him to lose one of them. I agreed and said, I think it'd be even harder to lose a child. I wonder how Hill Henley is doing. You heard Bubba's missing. Oh, yeah, yep, gotta be tough. But that young and as sorry as a $2 watch. You haven't heard anything about where Bubba might be, have you, Jim Ed? He looks surprised. Ain't you heard? That boy's done gone off the deep end. He's out hiding, made himself scarce as a hen's teeth. Now he's going to be charged with murder. Terrible thing it's turned out to be. Now, you know the boy, personal-like. I wasn't going to bring it up, but with you finding the body and knowing Miss Dupree. But if you're thinking of sticking up for that boy, I say don't. Leave it to the sheriff. That boy is plum dangerous. Jim had apparently had Bubba tried, convicted, and sentenced. What makes you think Bubba's guilty? Well, the murder weapon belonged to the boy, didn't it? Well, didn't it? I nodded my head. It was found there on your land, but the weapon belonged to that boy. I mean, it don't take no genius to spot a goat to flock a sheep. It's very simple. Mr. Priest done been murdered horrible-like, and Bubba's implicated you and gone missing. That's why I know Big Jim Burns is on the right track. It sounds to me more like Sheriff Burns and Jim Ed had breakfast together. Sheriff Big Jim knew Jim Ed's visible location on the porch of the co-op, combined with his propensity for gossip, could do a lot to sway voters in the way he made it a point to cultivate the older men. But my big question was, why did our lofty sheriff implicate Bubba and not me to Jim Ed when he told his deputy the opposite? So now tell me, Miss Enright, Jim Ed said, leaning in close. You haven't found the body and all. Were she in pretty bad shape? I mean, I heard different things from different people. Jim Ed's old eyes glittered and he licked his lips in anticipation of my answer. When I didn't say anything, he continued. You haven't found her. Well, I'd like to know so I can put to rest all the nasty rumors that are floating about, if you understand my drift. Oh, I understood completely. I knew Jim Ed spread rumors quicker than horses stomp flies, or to use one of Jim Ed's own analogies, he lived for gossip. The more outrageous, the better. And I took a bit of perverse pleasure in telling him briefly and factually about the body. There wasn't much to see, I said. There was some blood, and it was obvious that she was dead. I see, Jim Ed tried his best to look satisfied with my answer, but didn't quite pull it off. Eventually, curiosity got the better of him. So now, what did you do when you found her? What did I do? Well, Jim Ed, I puked. Right there on Glenda's precious antebellum floor. Jim Ed had the presence of mind to choke on that last bit. When he stopped gasping for air and the tears cleared from his eyes, he asked eagerly if there was anything else I could remember. No, that's about, about it, Jim Ed, I said as his face fell. 
He looked like a kid whose last piece of candy had rolled into the gutter. If people start any rumors about this, you tell them you talk to me and that's the way that it was, I said as I rose to leave. Oh, and I'm glad you're feeling better. Me too, he said sadly. Me too. <laughs>